also runs a hedge fund called Carmen Line Capital. Mark is a volatility, equity volatility trader. Mark, how are you doing? Give us a quick background about yourself. Yeah, th Greg, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I was a floor trader for a little under a decade uh, in New York and Chicago uh, on the American Stock Exchange and the Chicago Board Options Exchange. Left, uh, kind of, you know, saw the retail explosion options starting to happen and realized that there were a lot of people that were basically lambs to the slaughter. Figured it was a, a good opportunity for me to help people. So started this business of working with traders to teach them how to think and, and act and not lose, lose their shirt like a professional. And then uh, a couple of years later, I want to get back in trading. So we launched Carbon Line Capital. Uh, we are a uh, S&P and VIX trading firm. So we primarily trade SPX and VIX, but we'll delve into other things when we see some real opportunity. Uh, you know, when, when there is money to be made in options, we want to be a part of it. So that is, that is what we do throughout the, throughout the day. Cool. That sounds great. So when you were on a trading floor, you were trading what? Just equity uh, index options or single stock? Primarily index? equity options. Primarily equity options. Um, probably traded three or four hundred different stocks. I also did some time trading indexes. We would trade uh, the Dow, the S&P against each other. So was doing some uh, index backs when DJX and Diamonds were kind of hot. We were uh, We were in that, but... Uh, you know, DJX kind of died off pretty fast and uh, SPX kind of just took over everything. So, yeah, decent amount of uh, index background, but primarily when I was on the floor, I was trading equity options. Interesting. So now you, you spoke about trading uh, D DGX, Dow Jones versus S&P 500. Are you talking about relative vol or are we talking about sort of directional spreads? Uh, relative vol. We were trading vol back and forth between the two when we could get one underpriced, we could hedge off the the vol in the SPX pretty cheaply and the other way around. When S&P vol got sold to us, we could take it off in the Dow relatively easily as well. So we would trade the, the, the relative vol of the two against each other. So for people who are sort of new to options or maybe new to crypto options, when you say relative vol, this is basically you're trading a vol position that's delta hedged on one index and you're trading a vol position that's delta hedged on the other index. Is that, is that right? Yeah, so we're, we're delta neutral on both indexes and we're trading the Vega. So think of uh, Vega as delta for implied volatility, right? So we all know delta is, uh, you know, you buy a, a stock, you buy 100 shares of a stock, it goes up a dollar, you have 100 deltas, you made 100 bucks. Um, Vega is the same thing, but it's for implied volatility. So if I buy uh, implied volatility in the Dow Jones Industrial Average for, let's say, a point too cheap, and I buy a thousand Vega, and then I'm able to hedge that off at fair value in the S and P. Then theoretically, I made um, I made a thousand bucks on that trade. Uh, obviously, you don't fully realize it till uh, the two come off, but uh, it's it's a quick way to lock in edge on a trade when you're making markets in one and able to trade in and out of the other. That's that's really interesting. So, kind of sticking to this idea when you're trading relative vol. What is your kind of your entry and exit criteria? Like what makes you think or how do you know that the relative vol is too cheap or too expensive? Is this kind of like a moving average thing or well, what's kind of the, the, the thought process behind it? Uh, the thought process behind uh, relative vol. Well, when we were on the floor, we were making markets on in kind of both places. So 
we'd have opportunities just basically lock on the edge. Now, when you're doing it uh, as, as a retail trader, things get a little different. Now, volatility can get oversold and overbought in different names or in different cryptos. And the way that you can, so for instance, Bitcoin may go parabolic or ETH may go parabolic. And we know there's relatively high correlation between the two of them. You could theoretically take off some of your volatility exposure when you're short. Let's say you sold some, some volatility in ETH. You could then theoretically take off some of that risk in Bitcoin options or some similar option that you see. It, it takes some work. It's, it's intricate, but, um, and, it, and it takes a little being a little bit more nimble. Uh, because those those pockets when Vault really does go parabolic in those names, you know as well as I do, they don't last more than you know a few hours or a few or maybe a day if you're lucky. Uh, but you'd, at the same time, especially in crypto, the way those the way those can just completely take off, uh, it's more important. I think if you're going to be an option seller and you and or an option trader in those names, and you don't have uh, a, a big huge underlying that you're selling against that you need to actually step in and trade these these options off of each other because you know one goes the other one goes and otherwise you can get yourself in some trouble being short options can get you into a ton of trouble in these names because they can explode higher uh and on the and then when they explode higher vol actually goes up uh, and on the other end you don't want to get caught carrying a, you know holding the bag so how do you stop holding the bag when you buy some call options in ETH when it's when it's rallying? Well, you maybe can sell call options in Bitcoin or, uh, you know, sell puts in Bitcoin or do something along those those lines that where you can reduce your your overall crypto market volatility exposure. Cool. Fantastic. So before kind of moving forward and talking about what you trade in your current present day, I know you're a big, big uh, VIX option trader. Uh, let's step back a little bit. And how did you first get into trading? Did you study economics in school, math in school, computer science? What was uh, what was your sort of introduction to trading? You know, I was a finance major, and um, again, this was in the uh, the year two thousand, and one of uh, and so options and derivatives were just starting to really get put into the forefront. One of my college professors that I had a real good relationship pulled me aside and said. Hey, we're starting a derivatives class. Uh, you're going to love it. It's going to be really hard, but you're going to really like it. You should take it. And so I did. And he was right. And so then when um, they were doing the interview process on campus, uh, Group One Trading came in and we're interviewing for option market maker trainees. I interviewed, they hired me, and I moved to New York. I spent a year. And this is one of the things I think a lot of traders need to understand is what you're really up against. Um, I started out with 20 people in my class. Seven of us got put on a badge. A year uh, Within a year, only four of us were still traders. Uh, best of my knowledge, about two of us still are uh, directly in the options market right now. And so that is who you are trading against when you think that you know more than the overall market. Uh, that is how you get in trouble. A lot of people will spend more time reading the directions on a, bo on a box craft macaroni and cheese than they will in learning how options work. And it should be the exact opposite. Uh, options, like I said, I spent a year training going through this program. Um, these guys that I was working for paid me a pretty nice salary out of college 
to essentially be a sunk cost, knowing they were going to fire 70% of the, the people they were hiring because they saw the upside in if I was successful, how much money I could make them. Uh, but that is the weed, the weed, weed out process and what you get to to get into the, uh, this business. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. So essentially, group one's perspective, hiring employees are like getting long options and hoping one works yeah. out. And the they, rest were, they bought 20 call options and sold, uh, you know, about 15 of them at, at, at zero. <laughs> and but the few that worked did really well. And so that 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 is why that trade works for them. So speaking of kind of learning about options. So you yourself, uh, you have Option Pit, and you've also written a couple books. Uh, is yeah. there any other books that you recommend in this space? This is yeah. So my second uh, book, we rewrote it. Uh, it's coming out as a second edition. It's going to be hardcover, full color. Uh, that is going to be in September. If you are a serious option trader who already kind of knows the basics of the business, then you're going to want that book. It is going to really give you the insights into how I think as a trader and how I make money. Now, the Bible of our business, and I'll, I'll pull it down right now, one second. The Bible of our business is this book. It's called Option Volatility and Pricing by Sheldon Nainberg. And if your goal is to do anything more than sell covered calls against your crypto or uh, then this is this book. This book is mandatory reading. All right, and you so read it. I, I've read it probably thirteen times, maybe more. You can actually see highlight things that are really important, and um, you know I've read it front to cover uh, probably like I said thirteen times, and I still go back and reread stuff. It's a great book. Um, my other my books, like I said, they're coming out with the second edition of this one. This is called Trading Options for Edge. Don't buy it now. Buy it in September when it comes out. Pre-order it. And then uh, if you want to understand managing a business, and really when you're an option trader, when you're running a fund, you're running a business. That is what we wrote this book. It's called The Option Traders Hedge Fund, and it is the business framework for building an option trading business. So if your goal is to be a professional option trader, understand the processes, this is the book for you. Um, other books that are really good uh, and really will take you to another level. Uh, the last one would be Dynamic Hedging. I don't have a copy of that on my person right now. Uh, I think I loaned it out to somebody. Uh, Dynamic Hedging by uh, Nassim Tlaib. It is hands down the best book. Everyone knows Fooled by Randomness and The Black Swan. His best book is called Dynamic Hedging. Uh, really digs into um, how you can manage weighted. And, and the big thing that he digs into that I think is really important is called Weighted Vega. Um, the fact that Vega that you own uh, that is near dated has a different feel to it than longer dated vol and they move differently. So um, the concept of weighted Vega is actually very important. Awesome. Yeah, those are great recommendations. And I think we're three for three now on Sheldon Attenberg's book and two two out of three on the dynamic hedging book. So that's, well, that's awesome. Go. And I've read The Option Traders Hedge Fund. Great book. Really like it. Can't recommend I'm it. I'm going to send you a copy of my, my new one when it comes yeah, out. So you don't, you don't need to buy it. Awesome. But you can buy it for 15 of your friends as a present if you want. <laughs> but I'll send you a copy for free. Love it. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so kind of going back to your trading career, and again, we'll, we'll kind of close up with uh, sort of VIX trading because that's a super interesting um, asset class. 
But going kind of before that, in your trading career, is there big lessons that you've learned over time? Is there any kind of crazy big loss win stories that you've experienced or witnessed others? Um, any kind of wisdom that you could share from a experienced uh, career in the market? Yeah, absolutely. So um, let me let me share a couple of things. All right. You ever seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Nope. All right. Well, Alec Baldwin uh, steps in, they're selling real estate, and he leads off. The very first thing he says is ABC, and that stands for always be closing. So always close, always be looking to close positions. The, t the most money I ever made in a single day was because I saw some cheap option positions that I was short, and I covered them, and then um, the stock dropped 80% uh, overnight. And if I had not covered those, I would have lost several hundred thousand dollars. Instead, I made a couple hundred thousand bucks on the trade. My worst loss, same thing. I didn't close out a cheap trade. Could have got out for a quarter. It went to um, went to 50. Mm. So that really hurt. And so, one, don't trade too big. Uh, two, close your trades. A lot of people don't want to pay commission on closing trades. Close cheap options. They're not worth it. There's amount of an option, all right? There, when you look at, at the decay out of an option, there's the easy money and the hard money. Um, once the easy money has been made, cover. And that is the way I always trade. That's the way I've always traded and the way I approach the business of what we do here. Yeah, actually to that point, that's something that I read out, out of the Option Traders Hedge Fund that always stuck with me and I read it, I think 10 years ago. Basically, if you're selling, let's say, a credit spread and you get paid 50 cents and the next day that credit spread is worth 25 cents, but there's still three months left to it. Close Cover. it out because you made you made all the return, the quick money. It's it's done. So that's super interesting. Love that. Um, okay, VIX options trading. So for those of yeah. you who are not familiar, can you explain what is VIX and what what does VIX options trading look like? Obviously, there's futures, there's VIX futures, all that stuff. Yeah. So VIX option trading is definitely a different animal from equity or even index ball. Um, and the reason is, start, let's start with the VIX itself. Uh, the VIX is an index. So the S&P 500 is the 500 biggest stocks um, weighted, weighted by uh, market cap. The VIX index is an index on the uh, overall implied volatility of the S&P 500 uh, with 30 days to expire. So it weights those options based on the total amount of vega left in in the option and then basically produces an overall volatility for the S&P 500 out 30 days. Then uh, from there, you have the VIX futures. The VIX futures um, are European sell. That means there's no early exercise. And that's important because one of the things about volatility is the mean reverting process, right? And I'm sure we've you, if you've traded around in, in crypto, you've seen this as well. When volatility is really high, it eventually comes down. When volatility is really low, it eventually goes up. So because VIX futures are European settled, there's no early exercise. When volatility is high, we tend to see, actually see the VIX trade at a premium to um, the VIX futures. That's called backwardation. Um, and then when volatility is low, you'll actually see VIX futures in what's called contango. And that's when the VIX is actually trading at a, at a discount to the futures because the futures are anticipating uh, movement uh, in the VIX, not just where it is right now. And if you've traded VIX options, 
the underlying for those options is actually the VIX future uh, more than it is the VIX index itself. So when I'm trading VIX options, I don't even look at the VIX uh, at the, really the index itself. I'm really only paying attention to the VIX futures. Yeah, so that that makes a lot of sense. The cash index is not what the the options are pricing. The VIX futures are what the options are pricing. Very, very Absolutely. interesting. So, um, is there any kind of strategies that you know? How long have you been trading VIX options for? And is there kind of any strategies that you feel comfortable sharing that you've learned over the sure. years? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I've traded for a long time. The most popular strategy is like the it's called the convergence trade, and typically what people will do, traders will do, is they will look at where the VIX is and then look at the actual uh, future, and at at expiration, all right, for that expiration going into that Tuesday uh, before Wednesday settle, the two of those basically are going to merge to on top of each other. So when the VIX futures are at a big premium, there is the potential to buy puts that are um, underwater relative to the cash index and out of the money or at the money relative to the future and play on the futures actually sliding toward uh, the index. Um, that, that concept actually also plays into some of the ETPs like UVXY and VXX. On the other end, <clears throat> When hedging, the most popular uh, approach is uh, a ratio spread. Traders will sell a, uh, a near the money call and buy several out of the money calls because when the VIX moves, it, it actually probably trades more like crypto than just about anything else out there. When the VIX goes up, it just keeps going and going because people are scared. So it's not people chasing crypto higher, it's people chasing protection higher. So the VIX has a tendency to go parabolic. And if you wanna see what I'm saying, go take a look at what happened in March and April of 2020, and you'll get a really good glimpse of how quickly that thing can move and why these ratio spreads will work. Um, the other thing I'll do, um, especially when uh, vol is low, I'll, I'll trade strangles in, in the VIX a lot. Um, when, you know, playing for volatility to converge lower. And then if we do get a pop, because sometimes the pops are also short lived, I'll take my money and then end up owning those puts for free. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat. Uh, but I, I really find VIX options to be a great way to produce um, dollars uh, over the long haul. So to that note, Darebit launched a DVOL index, which is the VIX of Bitcoin options. And uh -huh. they're going to be launching uh, VIX futures or DVOL futures against it. And I think eventually the hope will to be the hope will to be having sort of the DVOL options. Yeah, DVOL yeah, options. And th that, that index is going to the way that is going to be structured, assuming they're European settle, which they will be, uh, it is going to trade almost exactly the same way VIX trades. Now, here's where there's going to be the opportunity and why I might jump in. There are going to be, when they initially launched this, and this happened with VIX, a lot of stupid people thought that the underlying was DVOL or, in this, or VIX. So they would buy calls and say, hey, look, the VIX went up. Why am I not making money? Or they'd buy puts and say, oh, the VIX went down. Why am I not making money? And not realizing that the underlying was the future. And so all these options trade at ridiculous prices 
And the guys, the first year in the VIX option pit, those guys made money hand over fist simply from people that didn't understand how the actual, uh, the mechanics of VIX options. And I expect Deval to be very similar. So those first few months, uh, when it's kind of the wild west, that is going to be, you and I may need to get together and build a market making firm just <laughs> to take the other side of all these trades. Cause it is going to be absolutely, uh, bananas how easy it is to be make going to be to make money if you're making markets, uh, early on in, in Deval, because there will be a lot of people that are not sophisticated that don't understand, um, how these crypto options in Deval actually work and, uh, they're going to get their lunch handed to them. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, a couple more questions before we sort of jump into some more fun personal stuff, and then and then we'll sure. close it out. So, as far as you know, trading VIX options goes, um, the VVIX index is something that yep. I know that you look at for a fact. What is you know? How do you incorporate VVIX? Can you explain VVIX uh, real quick? Yeah. And how do you incorporate so um, VIX index is the index on. Uh, S&P options. So what they did was they said, well, what's the normalized volatility of VIX options with 30 days to expire? And that is the VVIX. Um, and that is, uh, you know, I use that more as an indicator. There aren't options on it. And, you know, it, it really is one of the major pieces I use in kind of the traffic light that I built around VIX to kind of tell me where the market is going and what it could be doing. Uh, that is a proprietary thing we use within the fund. Uh, but what I'll basically tell you is that when you see VIX declining in a declining market, uh, that is not a good time to be long vol. Uh, and that is going to get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, and likewise, when we see VIX start to tick up, even as volatility is, is dropping, that is usually a sign to start looking at getting long vol. Um, I, it also is an interesting tracker for the S&P, uh, the S&P 500. It is shockingly inexpensive right now as we're, we're recording this. Uh, it is at about a 26 month low right now, uh, trading right around 90. So VIX options are about as cheap as they've been in the last two and a half years. Yeah, that's fascinating. Very interesting. Cool. So everyone who's been a trader knows that trading is a full time 24 seven job, essentially. How do you, uh, you know, balance your life and you know, I know you have a family. How do you find time to do everything? And what do you do for fun? All right. Well, you know, the one thing is that uh, when the market closes, this is the biggest thing retail traders need to learn is you need to be a robot. Um, when I win, when I lose, you should not be able to tell. All right. So, for instance, I am uh, I am doing very well today. I am doing very well in the S&P. So what? All right. Now I could be happy when you make money. So when you text me and say, Hey dude, I just crushed it in some ETH, ETH calls or something. I'm overjoyed, but for my own personal trading, uh, I'm done. And then at three 15, when S, uh, central time, when S and P options stop trading, I'm, I kind of shut off. Um, I go play with my fan. I go hang out with my family, go have dinner, uh, you know, to do the things that normal families do. And then after the kids go to bed, I come back look at my screen and, and kind of prepare myself for the next day. So my, my trading day is really kind of seven 30 to three 15. And then from about nine o'clock on, um, I'll dig in and do some research, but you have to give yourself some free time to relax and, and hang out and, 
and and do stuff. Most of my, I don't, you know, I've got a, a 12 year old and a five year old, so I don't have my own life. It's mostly just their life right now. Um, but you know, I like, you know, bas- uh, baseball, basketball, that, all that stuff. Uh, tomorrow I'm flying to Cooperstown with, uh, my 12 year old and he's going to be playing in a baseball tournament at the, the Cooperstown fields. Then we're going to go to the hall of fame. So that watching a bunch of Cubs games, you know, that that's, that's my life. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Mark. And if anyone wants to learn more about you, your fund, Option Pit, how do you get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, go to optionpit.com. I write up a uh, VIX blog every day uh, on what's going on with VIX, what I'm seeing, how I'm, how I'm positioning myself. Uh, we write a macro, more macro blog that also puts out some some crypto stuff called uh, the Pit Report that's worth reading. Um, so if it's definitely worth your your time to, to check that out. So just go to optionpit.com, check out uh, our different writers, and uh, and I think you're going to enjoy the content that we give you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And remember, find Edge, capture Alpha, and slang size. If you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, just do it anyways. <laughs>